welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be giving you guys a game preview on OKC's biggest game of the season. They will be taking on the Orlando Magic tonight. There is a ton of lottery implications on the line. They're almost at that finish line here, but they need to get the job done. So I'm going to be talking about that game. Going to be talking about some of the players, what the injury report may look like, and some of the factors we could see play into tonight's contest and what that could mean moving forward. And to top it all off, guys, I'm going to be giving you a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, so you do not want to miss out on that. But guys, like I mentioned, this is the biggest game of the season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And if you guys have been following around on Twitter, really any sort of social media, you understand why everyone is so infatuated with this game. The Oklahoma City Thunder have basically been on the same page the last two seasons. Once Sam Presti offloaded Chris Paul, Gallinari walked to the Atlanta Hawks, it was rebuild time. And with that, you're going to get a lot of inexperienced guys on the roster, and the win-loss column doesn't mean that much. And for the Thunder, last year, and even this year, you know, losing games was not terrible for them. You want to collect the best draft odds as possible. Look at last season. Cade Cunningham was on the board, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. That's one hell of a top three grouping. OKC obviously fell to sixth and got Josh Giddy there, but... I mean, teams are looking to get really good odds. They're looking to pick up ping pong balls. And the only way you're going to do that is by losing games. Last year, they were tied, I believe, for the fourth best odds with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And this season, it looked like it'd be much the same. You continue to kind of get rid of players. Al Horford was gone. It looked like they didn't have a traditional center really on the roster. You had to play Jeremiah Robinson Earl there. But despite that, Kind of the exact same thing happened from last year, where they had a very strong opening. They were kind of like clumped in a massive group of potential play-in teams, but slowly but surely, they've inched closer to the grand prize. And the grand prize is a top three lottery odd going into draft lottery night. And the reason this is, is because since they restructured the lottery, they don't want to see any more Sam Hinkies around Everyone in the bottom three has the exact same odds one through four. You have a 14% chance at collecting a pick that's number one. And when you look at the top four, there's a 52.1% chance. That's pretty damn good. And as you start going a little bit further down the board, you're going to see some decreases. For example, the number four spot... Only 12.5% chance. For a top four pick, you get slashed down 4%. And that's the exact same cut you see going to number five. 10.5% chance and a 42.1% chance. So it does drastically decrease. And you want to stay above the water. And you definitely want to have the best possible chances here. And one of the ways that this works is it's not just you know the, the 1% or 2% chance give or take, on that number one overall selection. There's more that goes into it, even beyond the top four. And this is one that means a ton, honestly. The worst team in the league 
can go one through five. That's their range. I believe that's where Houston was last season. And the second worst team can go one through six. Continues to stay on that pattern. Third worst team can go one through seven. Fourth worst, one through eight. Just keep going right down there until you get to uh, that final number 14 there. So you want to stay as low as possible to kind of save yourself a bit and have some backup options if everything goes awry come lottery night. And Oklahoma City has now gotten right towards the grand prize. They've lost 10 consecutive games. That's the most in the league right now. And they're headed into tonight in a spot to control their own destiny in terms of lottery positioning. They're 50 or they're 20 and 52 on the season right now. And they're facing the Orlando Magic. They're 20 and 53. That's just a half a game better than the Oklahoma City Thunder. And where are they stooped? Right there at the grand prize at number three in reverse standings. That can be big. And then you look at the actual layout, just one game ahead of the Thunder happens to be the Detroit Pistons. Cade Cunningham has been playing great. Sadiq Bey dropped 51 points about 10 days ago. And then you have the Houston Rockets that are just two games away. So everything is kind of in their reach right now. And a lot of these teams still have to face each other. It's going to be cutthroat towards the finish. But if the Thunder lose this game tonight... They get really good positioning, and they're able to kind of play around a little bit. There's not a big margin of error, but I'll tell you what. This is a game where if they end up winning, it's going to be pretty damn detrimental. You know, you you lose one or you beat the Suns or something crazy like that. Yeah, that stings big time, but it's not working in both directions. This is a game where it does work in both directions, and you have a lot more at stake for that set reason. So let's say that the OKC Thunder win this game tonight, it's going to be the exact same layout. Houston's going to be at number one. Detroit will be at number two. Orlando's going to be at number three. And OKC will be two and a half games back of Houston and one and a half games away from Orlando. One thing you got to note, Houston's playing the Mavs and Detroit is playing the Hawks tonight. I don't expect either of those two to flip in their direction though so we'll just say they both lose their games let's say the thunder lose to the magic though tonight then it alters houston's at one detroit's at two okc's now at number three at one and a half games back from houston and just half a game away from the detroit pistons at number two on the flip side orlando's a game away from okc and they basically have to lose a lot of these games on the home stretch and hypothetically i think the best okc could do would be if they lose their game and detroit and houston win there could be as slim as a half game margin between one and two and that where that's where the thunder would actually rest at but i don't think it's happening like i talked about so it's going to be extremely unlikely i think in general the idea that Dagnalt is going to intentionally throw the game is also very unlikely like literally on the record he said that he's not interested in that stuff and I'll go into that in one second here but first I want to let you guys know about a very special offer going on with my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the college hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Here's what you have to do for the offer. Go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus age requirement, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But guys, moving to what Mark Dagnalt said on the whole tanking scenario. This is something that has been very prevalent in like the media, on Twitter. There's a whole group of fans looking at tank. And it's been this way the last two seasons. And it makes really good sense as to why. You want to get the number one pick. You want to have the best options uh, come draft day. And this is the way to do it. It's just it's how it goes. You know, if you're a small market team, I don't know if you're catching many big fishes in, in the free agent pond. And just look at OKC's history, man. When Patrick Patterson got signed, that was their best signing. You got to do it through the draft. So you have to get the ping pong balls. And that's why you have uh, such a strong fan base in the direction of pro tank but joe musato asked mark on this uh two days ago actually just talking about you know tanking and if that ever actually like taps into the locker room and if they pay any attention to it um you know they're one of the things that's great about being a part of a team as much as we want to engage with uh, you guys and our fans there's something sacred about kind of the locker room and the priorities and you know the um you know, the tightness of that circle, you know, there's just, there's a lot of people uh, that aren't in there and it makes it a pretty exclusive place. And I have, I give our team a lot of credit because I think that um, our players, our staff uh, have done a great job over the years, not just in this circumstance of just keeping our locker room, our space, where we have our mindset, we work on uh, our fundamentals, our habits, um, and we hone our mentality. So as you guys heard, Dagnall kind of just said what is to be expected, right? Like they are on a completely different page. They do not care about, you know, losing games intentionally right now. They're trying to implement their game plans. They're trying to yield some success here. And for a lot of these guys on the roster, I don't even think that should be part of the plan. You know, there are tons of rookie scale contracts on the line. There are a ton of upcoming picks for the OKC Thunder they need to prove themselves. And with so many different injuries currently to the team, you're going to be playing at 110%. This is the best showcase you're going to have for the next year. You know, this is what is going to lead into the summer. You know, if you have a ton of stinky games, if it's pretty obvious you're tanking, like, that's not going to look good. You want to get 
that resume built up, whether it's for the Thunder, if you're going to stick around, or other prospective teams, if the Thunder like don't pick up a qualifying offer or they send someone out to free agency. Just something of that liking there. But yeah, I mean, sounds like the environment's been great. The locker room has been uh, really just honed in, talked about the fundamentals and their habits, just having the mentality to not be distracted from any outside sources. It looks like they've done a good job. They're really uplifting. Like, I know this is kind of contradictory because this comes from Twitter, but when Trey Mann was going off, like, you know, Josh Giddy, he was voicing his opinion. You had Roby retweeting stuff. There are multiple others. Stuff on Instagram, too. They're all just supporting each other in that regard as well. But, yeah, um, this is this is a spot where they're not looking to tank. You know, this is just how the roster is constructed. They don't really have the size right now, and there's so many raw players. You can get high turnover games. You can have somebody shoot a bad night, and that's going to end up costing you um, what would be otherwise a victory. So they'll be playing at 100%. I'm sure for the Magic, they're going to be doing the exact same here, and they'll be doing it underhanded on both sides. This is a really extensive injury report. Now, we already know the main ones for OKC. Lou's been out all year. Ty's not playing, and same with Mike Muscala. JRE, no timeline still. Kenrich Williams will not be playing, and the same goes for Derek Favors. So that's your typical little patch of six. That's no different. Olivier Saar, he's questionable due to a non-COVID illness, and so is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He played on Monday against the Boston Celtics. He didn't play on Sunday in the first day of the back-to-back, but he played, and now you have this upcoming game against Orlando. This is going to tilt the tides either in OKC's direction or the Magic's direction. You can pick on what side you want to be on there, but if OKC has SGA, they're going to be a much better team. Really amplify that when you take into account Orlando is just battle-scarred right now. And some of them have been um, genuine injuries. Others have been new additions to the injury report here, but they don't have Jonathan Isaac. Jalen Suggs has not been playing. Same goes with Bull Bull. And now Markel Fultz is out. He played yesterday. This is the second day of a back-to-back set for Orlando. They defeated the Golden State Warriors 90-85. to And I thought I jinxed it. On my Twitter, I posted the halftime report. Shouldn't have done that. I think that's like an unspoken rule. But they were able to pull it out. Andrew Wiggins gave me a heart attack. He hit this three-pointer with like under two minutes. Gave Golden State a two-point lead. And then you had the Wagners just start dominating. I think Franz hit a three, kept getting to the free throw line, and that kind of did it for the game. But yeah, that, that's how you got to this point. And I guess the wear and tear took Markel out of the game. Same goes with potentially Gary Harris. He's questionable. And Wendell Carter Jr. is also questionable. Wendell had himself a night on Sunday. Had himself a career-high 30 points to go along with 17 rebounds. He was the reason why Orlando defeated the Thunder. There's no two ways about it. He was the best player on the court by far, and he could be taken away. And if he's gone, oh my goodness, this is going to be one hell of a show. I think it is anyways, but take him out of the equation. Wow. And take SGA out of the equation. It's also a wow. 
I talked about it on the pod yesterday. SGA has been in and out of the injury report. So seeing him on there isn't like a surefire sign of, yeah, they're trying to tank. They want to dodge him. The right ankle has been something of note. Dagnall mentioned that it's getting aggravated. You know, anytime that he's really out there, like it's a nagging injury. So having a prolonged break could be very helpful to SGA. Now I know he played on Monday, but you have to take into account OKC's upcoming schedule here. There's a game on Wednesday, and then there's a game on Sunday. There is a three-day break for OKC. That is huge. There's no other three-day breaks on schedule this year. So if there's going to be a game SGA misses, and this isn't even about the tanking thing. This is just point blank. This is how it should go. You don't play him this game. That's going to give him six days of rest, and that'll get him in probably good motions going into their next game. Why not try it out? You know, so we'll see if that's the card that OKC elects to pull. If that's the way they play it, I'm not surprised. And I think that's the safe option, really, regardless of who they're going up against. He could really use that. And the type of player he is where he's always driving inside, he's having a kind of wear and tear on his body. Give him the break. Let Trey Mann run things and see how it goes because Trey Mann was unstoppable. And so was Alexei Pokashevsky on Monday. Season high for 19 points. 17 of those came in the second half and he did it on 6 of 7 shooting. But here's the thing with Poku. He's not going to give you 19 points every game. He kind of flips between having a really bad game and having an extremely good game. But as of late, He's been really good more often than he's been bad. When they played Orlando, though, on Sunday, Poku had one of the worst shooting performances of his NBA career. 3 of 20 from the field. 1 of 10 from 3. And somehow, with that stat line, he had a plus 17 on the game. Whenever I was looking at this, I didn't believe it. But yeah, it's true. Plus 17 for him. That was the best on the roster. So he's able to help you in more ways than one. You know, the scoring ability, of course, he can handle the ball and just the rebounding. I mean, he had 15 rebounds earlier uh, last week, had seven against the Magic, and against Boston, he was nearing a double-double. If you don't have Wendell Carter Jr., his skills become amplified, and that's where it gets a little bit scary for what could happen to Orlando. The size is a straight-up game-changer. Having a 7-footer on your side right now, yeah, that will pay its dividends. And they have a Mo Bamba, so, you know, they kind of have a guy like Alexei Pokushevsky already out there. But I do think if you're looking to source true centers and you're trying to get, you know, some action going, Poku, He's kind of earned some stripes lately around the basket. This would be a good time to kind of give him a shot. And with no Wendell in the rotation, it's going to help him because Wendell is a very hard guy to defend around the post. Just ask anyone on the Thunder front court who played earlier in the week. Trey Mann has also been a guy difficult to guard. Ask any Celtic. They definitely couldn't guard him on Monday. 13 of 21 on the game, 7 of 12 from 3. Come on, dude. 
I mean, he was on freaking fire. 15 points came in a span of 2 minutes and 30 seconds. 5 of 5. Did it off of step backs. Transition threes. Anything he wanted, he was getting. Punched himself into the record books in the process. Most points by a rookie in Thunder franchise history. So he was just killing it. And we know that the way Trey Mann plays, he's able to drop 35 points really any given night. That's how special his on-ball play is. And even off the ball, he's really good as a number two option. But if SGA is not there, I'd probably imagine Trey Mann's going to be up there as a ball handler. I don't know if he's number one, but he's pretty close to it. Uh, So that means there's going to be a lot of isolation possessions. And if he's able to get around Cole Anthony, that's a lot of buckets going his direction. So I think those are the top three things. Look at SGA, look at Poku. Same goes with Trey Mann. Maybe Baisley should be grouped up there. He had 22 on Monday, 18 on Sunday. Looks like a hell of a player right now. And he could be the number one option, in all honesty, tonight. He was the leading scorer on Sunday. Now, granted, it was only 18 points. That's not great, like, at all. Uh, But, you know, if you want to find that star, you could find it in Bays if SGA is not playing. You could find it in Trey Mann. They definitely didn't have that top option when they last played Orlando. And I think that's why they ultimately lost, because Wendell was too much to handle. So... We'll see. If Wendell's out and SGA's out, yeah, it will be a bit wacky. And here's my projections. I don't have like the set in stone injury reports on anything. So I'm just going to say SGA's not playing and Wendell's not going to play. Your starting unit for the Thunder will consist of Teo, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Darius Baisley, and Isaiah Roby. That second unit's going to include Lindy Waters, the third, Vid Kredci, Alexei Pokushevsky and Olivier Saar. He also could be gone due to his illness. For the Magic, you got Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, Franz Wagner, Chuma Okiki, Mo Bamba, and then for your bench, you have Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, Admiral Schofield, and Mo Wagner. Gary Harris is listed as questionable. Everybody else here should be good to go for them. When they last played, Cole Anthony didn't hear a peep from him. He shot one of seven, had six points and seven assists on the game. RJ had eight points in 24 minutes. Chumo Kiki got eight points on two of seven shooting. And you were kind of just running off of Wendell. France had 11. Mo had 10. I know in the last game against the Warriors, Franz Wagner like just took over to complete the game. Like his his clutch ability was the reason they they won here and same goes with Mo. I know he had a pretty good stop as well. You got to get more points out of Cole Anthony though. He hasn't been dropping 20 pieces in a little bit here. If Orlando's trying to win, got to play through the man in Cole Anthony. I think on paper, the way I listed this out, it's going to be a neck and neck game and we'll see how it goes. One of the things that I asked Twitter, though, which I thought was pretty freaking hilarious, was I just asked, like, hey, if you're Sam Presti and you had some one-day contracts to divvy up, who are you going to give the contracts to? My top three included Patrick Patterson, Deontay Burton, and Kyle Singler. Well, Patterson and Singler, I think those are surefire. Burton, 
I kind of want to take it back almost because he's a type of player where he, where he can like play his own game and just get on a complete roll. I think he could have a 20-piece in him because he's been killing it with the main Celtics. But some of the other suggestions I got were like Samaje Christian. I know there were a few others backing up the Patterson pick. One that I didn't mention was Paul Watson Jr. actually because he was shooting astronomically low before he uh, ended up getting waived. So maybe you bring him back. You know, he's he just got done with like the FIBA World Cup stuff in February. So he's had a little bit of time to like rest. So you could go for him. I'd say like a Dakari Johnson, but I know better. If you have a center on, on this team right now, they could very likely go for a 20 and 10 and... Dakari could make it look like a G League game. Same goes like a Josh Hall too, because you know the PTSD from last year's game kind of soaks in a little bit. If you were kind of on that tanking band, went from not doing anything, not playing, to having 25 points and being a main reason why OKC ended up in that coin flip scenario with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But if you guys have any other suggestions for who that one-day contract would go to, make sure to let me know. It doesn't even have to be an OKC Thunder player. If you have any other options, we'll take anybody on this roster. But other than that, though, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.